0: Welcome back to the Youth Podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt, with my regular group of goons, Jared, Lucas, Aiden, and Bart. We're gonna start off with a news round off today. Uh, the Washington football team released quarterback Alex Smith. Uh, the Teddy Bridgewater is expected to join them on the free agency market somehow, way. Uh, they're gonna move him somewhere this offseason, most likely. If they can't find a trade, they'll just cut the quarterback. Apparently, Matt Rule is out of him already. Tiger Woods was in a serious but non-fatal car accident about a week ago, but that's not necessarily the news. The news is that the golfers paid tribute to him in a wearing by red, red polos. Very nice tribute. Jared, you'll like this one. Okay. Texas is back. The Longhorns have the number four ranked recruiting uh, group this year, and they actually landed a five-star quarterback uh, in, amongst those recruits. They are back. And like I said, I think
1: when we talked about him. Tom Herman recruited like three top five classes before that. So like they're
0: stacked. It's yeah. crazy. Stacked we'll see how well underperforming. We yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> back Texas and then a uh, former Texas citizen, I guess you could say, <laughs> J. J. Watt <laughs> signed a two year, $31 million deal with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, which is going to transition to our first topic for me personally. When I read the news or Lucas texted the group and he said that JJ Watt signed with them, I was a bit confused that the Cardinals mm. were the destination that he chose. I know that DeAndre Hopkins is there, and that somehow, some way, that might make any sense. But we were all kind of sold the idea that JJ Watt wanted to go to a team that was ready to win a championship right now: the mm-hmm. Packers, the Bills, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I guess maybe the Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns were the or and the Steelers were like the, the big teams that we thought they were all going to go to. And the Cardinals to me feels like a weird out-of-the-left-field kind of pick. I know that they offered him the most amount of money, um, mm-hmm. and maybe the difference between the yearly salary was $15 million in Arizona and $3 million somewhere else. But, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I, it's not like J.J. Watt's never been to the playoffs. They'll probably make the playoffs, but they didn't make the playoffs last year. They're not going to win a championship, and their odds moved from 4500 to 3500 So I don't really know why this move makes any sense, other than the fact that he's going to make $31 million. Mm -hmm. So, Lucas, I'm going to ask you, how much does this move, move the needle for the Cardinals?
2: I think pretty marginally. Like, I think for both J.J. Watt and for the Cardinals, it's like a a fine to good type of move. Um, I think when it comes to the Cardinals, like, I don't know. Their starting ends last year, Zach Allen, Jordan Phillips, neither of them... Great, like so JJ Watt's probably an upgrade, but he's also sort of like a little bit over the hill at this point. Like I don't know whether the Cardinals were necessarily a like a slightly over the hill JJ Watt away from a championship. And it is a weird move too for sort of for reasons you mentioned too, Wyatt, that like the Cardinals are a good team, probably trending up, but it's not like they're on the edge of a championship or really coming anywhere close. So if you're JJ Watt and you really wanted to contend I don't know why necessarily you choose the Cardinals. So, yeah, like I mentioned before, it's a good not great move. The one thing he does bring to the Cardinals is they're probably losing Patrick Peterson this off season and he sort of brings like a that defensive veteran leader to like sort of substitute that role Peterson filled. So, maybe just from like a locker room culture type thing, it's good, but in terms of purely on the field <laughs> football, it's like it's fine. Like I don't know if either party like made out super great out of it though neither made out poorly it's just sort of like a slightly above replacement level type of move
1: yeah total agreement it was it was like it must have been a lifestyle move apparently cliff kingsbury is not very like tough on players in terms of grinding at practice and he's like jj watt's a veteran so he's like i don't really want to grind and practice i just kind of want to play football and show up on sundays sort of thing um and also i wouldn't even say that like the Arizona probably will make the playoffs. I'm not confident at all saying that because they're in the toughest division of football now, you know? Yeah, and I I will say I
0: love the arms race that is the NFC West right now between, you know, the the Mm -hmm. trades that the Cardinals have made last year. Obviously, the Rams Mm -hmm. are are working to be competitive as well. And, of Mm -hmm. course, it's still the 49ers and the Seahawks who have Mm -hmm. a good coach and another elite quarterback in the division. Um, If I'm the Cardinals, I really appreciate – Excuse me. If I'm a Cardinals fan, I really appreciate the aggressive approach that they're taking to building this team around mm-hmm. uh, Kyler Murray and actually trying to win a championship. But I will say this: I, um, Cliff Kingsbury, before this move, was on my short list of coaches on the hot seat, and I was mm-hmm. gonna make a I long. I was gonna list. make a list of yeah, mm-hmm. coaches that were probably or have to start winning here soon before the, maybe we start booting them out of town. And now at this point, it's he's definitely on my list of a hot seat because yeah. I feel like there's no other option now I know JJ Watt isn't exactly what it used to be but he has Chandler Jones JJ Watt they drafted Isaiah Simmons they're probably gonna draft an offensive player this year um they have Kylie Murray like they've gone all in on this team they have no reason not to start winning games now at this point mm.
2: yeah it definitely feels like they're in win now mode and which I respect yeah yeah, which I respect, and like, especially with like how good the NFC West is around them. Like, if you didn't go full win now mode, you might like miss your window of opportunity. So, yeah, I respect the move. I don't know, if, again, if they're like a a JJ Watt away from a championship, but it's like a nice little move that could help culture and make them marginally better on the edge.
1: And real quick, Lucas, talking about like win now is Kyler Murray Stone his rookie deal and everything like that's like the yeah. best. That's a sweet spot to Appreciate win when you have a good quarterback yeah. on his rookie yeah. deal, like Mahomes, for example, Josh mm-hmm. Allen potentially. Uh, you know, so yeah, yeah.
0: Interesting move though, from my from JJ Watt's perspective. <laughs> yeah, Cardinals, I like get why would they would want to add somebody. Yeah. another interesting uh, move. Go ahead, Bart. I was just
3: gonna say I saw a quote from him where he said like all signs the whole time were pointing to the Cardinals. <laughs> right. <So> oh. <laughs> just,
2: like I've been. No one else saw those but, signs, but yeah. <laughs> JJ saw, saw them. I guess, he, he would know. know. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah true. true.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so anyway, so speaking of the next uh, maybe player on the move in the same division, apparently Russell Wilson has officially named teams that he would accept a trade to, the Bears. The Saints, the Raiders, and Jared's favorite team in the world, the mm. Cowboys. <laughs> Jared, which team is the best fit for Wilson, and what are the odds any of these teams actually make the move? So I'll preface
1: this by saying I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan, but honestly, his desired trade destinations, to me, kind of look like he actually doesn't know much about putting together a team, and like maybe the Seahawks are right to <laughs> ignore his personnel suggestions. <laughs> to be honest, like none of these teams have a better chance to win than Seattle, I don't think. And his complaints with the Seahawks are the offensive line, but PFF did their grades of the O-line, and only the Saints had a better ranked O-line than him. Bear, Saints were 8th, Seahawks were 14th, Bears 20th, Cowboys 27th. Like, yeah. the Cowboys had a terrible O-line. I, I don't really know what he's thinking on that. It, it, seems more, it seems more that he just wants, like, brand recognition. Like, he's going to the big markets, Chicago, Las Vegas. I don't know about New Orleans, maybe, but Dallas, right? I think if he were gonna if I, if he were gonna tell me or ask me what a best fit is, I would say probably the Bears to be honest, because I think their quarterback play really held them back. I mean, they were five and three at one point, right? Like they were actually looking pretty good this season, but the quarterback position really held them back, and they have a great defense, you know. So, a, or at least a pretty good defense. The Dolphins, I've also third thrown around. I'm not sure if they were on his official list, but obviously everybody thinks that's an attractive option. But here's the thing I want to get into though. Is that Russ wanted to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league, right, and make thirty-five million dollars? Well, the opportunity cost for that is you're you're not going to have the best O-line. You're not going to be able to attract and retain the top talent, money-wise. Like he, the team's going to say, you need to give us, we need to restructure your contract, and you need to give us some money to work with. But Russ is going to say that's your job. The team can rebuttal and Mm -hmm. say, well, it's your job to win a Super Bowl when we pay you thirty-five million dollars. Like, so I guess we're both not doing our job, right? If if like if you want to make thirty five million dollars a year or like Patrick Mahomes money whatever, you have you're going to be paid to carry a subpar roster, like and I, and I don't agree honestly that Seahawks, that the Seahawks have not done enough for him, in terms of getting him weapons. <clears throat> and last thing I'll like the last like kind of aspect of this I, I, we talked about the Tom Brady effect last week, where everyone wants to go to a team that's going to like invest in them. The Bucks were able to do that because Tom Brady took a pay cut. Obviously he's old, <clears throat> but Brady's taken a pay cut his entire. Basically, his entire, um, like, Prime. career in the league. Like, mm-hmm. when he, yeah, when he was he was only the highest-paid quarterback one time, which was the start of the 2010 season, and that was in the middle of his longest Super Bowl drought of his career. I think he kind of realized that. He restructured his contract in the 2013 season, saved the Patriots $8 million. The next season, they won the Super Bowl. And he won three, three total in, like, the next five years with the Pats. Like, so, just for context... Matthew Stafford in 2017 was making 27 million a year, highest-paid quarterback in the league. Brady was making 15 million. Like that's why the Patriots were able to d- to put a good team around him. Yes, they didn't give him the best weapons, but they gave him a great defense. You know, he had like I don't know who he had in 17, maybe like it wasn't Welker. I think it might have been like Amendola or something like that, or Edelman. But you know, by the f- the fact that Brady won so much is because he took pay cuts. And nobody wants to take a pay cut. You're gonna have to carry a subpar roster and. I'm saying this as a huge Russell Wilson fan, but I'm just saying like that's the opportunity cost. And I don't think any of those other teams give him a better chance to win than Seattle. That's my spiel.
3: I agree with three of the four. Do you not think the Saints, Saints. though? Yeah. But this the, 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 first the first. only problem with
1: the Saints is it just it just pretty much can't happen. They're like a hundred yeah. like ninety million or whatever over the cap <laughs> or whatever. True. But that isn't the same
3: thing as them not being as
1: good. That's yeah. true. No, that's true. They do have a good defense. Mm-hmm. awesome weapons of course but yeah sorry go yeah ahead the
2: defense it. is young and good too so like i agree that while it might be impossible i think that that's like a it'd be a perfect place to just slide into if you really want to win and compete but like you said especially if they're going to try and make him the highest paid quarterback like he wants there's
1: they have to demolish the roster so mm-hmm. i mean he already is like probably the third what like the third highest paid quarterback or something like that right now 35 million is crazy he's up there <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's up there
3: I thought you made an interesting point about the, the brand recognition. I didn't. I hadn't looked at it that way, but I think that does make sense. He seems like he really likes those big markets. I feel like that, coupled and, with the, the high set. Oh, go ahead, Wyatt.
0: And Ciara is what I was gonna say. His uh, wife. Don't <laughs> a point. Yeah.
1: yeah what, wife, what do you yeah. mean? Oh, that she likes the big markets. The big that market, she would
0: yeah. also be good to move to like a bigger market because I gotcha. know that um, last year or earlier in the year. I don't. i have lost track of time, but. I know that they were saying that maybe he wants to go to New York because of Ciara and Ciara. Mm. <clears throat> mm. That that it might yeah. be better for her career as well. Yeah. That's all I was oh, okay. to say. We could see
4: Ciara getting one of those like Vegas, like um, you know, like they get like a residency for like mm. a year or so yeah. if, if he goes mm. to the Raiders. But anyway yeah apparently another factor not again, this is just a word on the street. Um, <laughs> was that the bears were appealing because they're like uh not only a big market but like a historically great franchise that he could be credited with like bringing back mm. um which again also sounds like something that a sports writer just made up.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah but,
2: yeah um, yeah but who knows? maybe so. it's like a reputation thing for him. like he thinks he'll never be considered like an all time great quarterback unless he does it. <laughs> Somewhere outside of Seattle. Because, like, it doesn't look like... You, you never know. He'll probably win another Super Bowl in Seattle. Um, so maybe he's like, you know, if i got to go somewhere and find a way to win a Super Bowl, I might as well do it in a way that, like, sort of cements me in the lore of, like, the NFL. Like, winning won for the Bears or the Cowboys or, like, a mm, team like yeah. that. But... Yeah, Raiders. it just seems like almost a... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Raiders, yeah. <laughs> Raider. Yeah, He's Raiders too. To, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, I think it, it's almost certainly like a narrative brand move for his career if he picks any of those teams except the Saints. <clears throat> yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. A funny story that I saw is that um, apparently on NFL.com, there is an article written by Derek Carr about <laughs> the four teams that should have called the Seahawks yesterday about Russell Wilson, and one of them was the Raiders. And then got uh, taken down a couple a couple hours later. It was changed. I'm assuming because his brother, or sorry, D- yeah, David okay, Carr okay, David right? Carr, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. <laughs> I, was I was like the trying subject to understand. Of it, it, which... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
1: thought you, I thought but, there was just a guy um, that worked at NFL.com that was named Derek. Named Carr. Derek yeah, Carr. Yeah. It makes sense that it'd be his brother. <laughs> no, but anyway,
4: David. Yeah, Derek Carr's brother. Um, I mean, backstabbed him pretty hard. But anyway. Yeah.
0: I, the grass. People always think the grass is greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the grass is always green where you water it yeah, and i think that um it might not always be the best move because i mean like the cowboys were awful last year the raiders didn't yeah. make mm-hmm. the playoffs the mm-hmm. bears were out in the first round and the saints although they made it far like jared said it's almost impossible and that this team is not gonna be the same team that comes back because they went all in on this year and it didn't work out for them mm-hmm. um and I will, But I have been extremely critical of the Seahawks over the last mm-hmm. year or so that we've been doing this podcast. Yeah. Aiden yeah. and I have been on this. The I think Aiden was the one who backed me up when I said that without Russell Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks are picking in the lottery. Yes. <clears throat> and I agree that to be true, and I think that I understand that his criticisms are they don't draft well in the first round, mm-hmm. and they haven't drafted a first-round lineman.
1: I think it's <laughs> in
0: only one year in his entire nine, I want to say nine-year career, and the, and the entire time that he's been in Seattle. Mm. So I get where he's coming from, Yeah, and if I'm mm. the Seahawks, I would just say yes to – I mean, like, Russell Wilson – we said this about Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson is not a scout. He's not going to go out there. He's not going to evaluate these players. He's not mm. going to throw a piece of paper on Pete Carroll's uh, desk and be like, this is my scouting report <laughs> on the, you know, the linemen that are coming into this draft. Mm. But I think if you go – hey, we're thinking about drafting a wide receiver. What do you mm-hmm. think? I think that might go a long way for him. Because yeah. I don't yeah. – I mean, I get what he's saying. This feels really weird to me that this is like a all-of-a-sudden thing. But I think the fact that he named teams kind of mm-hmm. means that he's, he does not want to be a Seattle Seahawk. Because I know he said, oh, you know, I'll stay. But if you were going to trade me – because you know what yeah. I would never say to my girlfriend <laughs> – I wouldn't break up yeah. with you, but here are the four women I would be okay with leaving. <laughs> right. me I, I mean, like, that's just not something that you say to people. Yeah. So, I, I, he might already be on his way out.
1: Which seems crazy to think. Yeah. I would I would never have thought that if you told me at the start of the season well, that that would happen.
0: Yeah, he's, like, the most boring guy in the NFL. He hasn't <laughs> <had> said <laughs> a single interesting thing in his entire career up until this offseason. Yeah. So. yeah. You know, I mean, he Holy yeah, Ridge, he like, yeah, friendly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he,
1: yeah, he he takes the company road is kind of what people say <laughs> yeah, about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. and I, true, you man. know
0: what? And then I thought about this too when he when it first came out, I was like, oh, he's just holding the Seattle Seahawks feet to the fire the same way that Aaron Rodgers does. But as this has kind of gone on and festered, I feel like this is the the inevitable path is that he's gonna be out of there. Aaron Rodgers, it was always like, Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback, and you know, well do whatever it takes to keep him around is what the Packers would say. But the Seahawks have not really chosen the same approach. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough. Jared, yeah, does it? Of... Go, ahead, Lucas. Oh, go ahead.
2: Sorry. I was just gonna say, yeah, the lack of pushback sort of seems like almost conceding to the point that like, yeah, he's going to yeah. be gone and we'll work on it. I mean, I, I don't know if it'll happen immediately, but just like you said, why I think that if you were going to keep him, you'd fight for him. And if you're not going to fight for him, then like, what's the point of keeping him around at this point? Like, if you don't see the vision of the Seahawks going forward as re- with Russell Wilson as your quarterback, and you don't put up a fight against that narrative changing, then, like, why fight for him at all? Why not ship him off to Chicago or something like that?
0: Right. What I would do is I would take whatever picks I got and try to go for uh, Deshaun Watson. Because I'll be honest, Pete Carroll is a good coach. I don't know if he's still a winner because I, he hasn't really won. I mean, his MO is the whole defense in the secondary and they had a terrible defense for the first half of the year. I mean, they, they haven't really won. And outside of Russell Wilson, he hasn't really won. He's been fired a handful of times. Is he still that big changing quarter or excuse me, coach that he was, or is he just kind of like a, a name and a culture guy and he chooses gum and he a character and everybody loves him? Cause I mean, I, I think that they're toast. The Seahawks are toast if they don't cater to Wilson's, um, wishes but
1: what if what if miami came back and said we'll give you Tua uh, and two first round picks would you take that like our two first round picks this year i would take three you would take three. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a lot i mean that basically is three first round or picks exactly two, uh, but
0: i would yeah. say they would try to milk i think i mean wilson's better than that but the only
1: benefit to trading wilson is you free up a bunch of cap space <clears throat> yeah i guess not for this year whatever the cap hit is but for the next year Mm-hmm. And I don't you know, like we were saying with Kyler Murray, like you, teams win when their quarterbacks aren't a discount. I think you know, yeah. So Or purposely taking a discount, yeah. Like you were yeah. speaking
0: of someone who's not taking a discount, Jared, your favorite quarterback <laughs> in the league said, speaking of someone who's not taking a discount, oh yeah, your favorite quarterback in the league, Dak Prescott has an ongoing contract negotiation with oh, the Cowboys, man. and Russell Wilson just named his team as a possible destination. <laughs> Dude, how do you Dak think he's probably
3: so mad at russell wilson and, <laughs> yeah. Like, <Deshaun> Watson. <laughs> yeah we're just
0: ruining his market right now <laughs> how do you think it affects his market jared uh his ongoing <sighs> contract negotiation
1: i don't it can kind of give the cowboys a little bit more leverage but i don't think they're going after deshaun watson like maybe they'll get russell wilson but i still don't think like the the other option for the cowboys have opened up that much this is the problem, though. This is the funny thing, actually. Is you, If you franchise tag, uh, franchise tag Dak this year, it, it's $37 million. Mm. And rest will actually be cheaper, which is kind of the funny yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've, you know, obviously I defend <laughs> Dak in the show, but I've also consistently been on the side that he's asking for too much money, even last year when we were talking about his contract negotiation, I believe. So the Cowboys are just in a terrible spot. I think, like some people have said this, Dak has kind of beaten Jerry Jones, I think, and tied his hands a little bit. The The Russell Wilson thing, I think, is the only way out for Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they have to either give him his Patrick Mahomes money, apparently, that he wants, or franchise tag him for $37 million. I really, I just, honestly, I just don't know what the Cowboys <clears throat> can do in this situation. Yeah. They're screwed. Well, yeah.
0: they, what is that way no- out,
4: though? Is it them trading for russell and like are they trading russell uh, are they trading dak for russell yeah i guess they would have to
1: like sign him they would have to sign him and then trade him or they just cut him i guess i don't know yeah. i, think I they, just don't really well, get why they do that i think yeah. they
0: like, would tag him and then they were able to trade him you could turn a player but, but yeah. seattle
1: wouldn't want yeah. dak on a franchise tag for one year probably, but why not is the problem because you I mean, only it's a one it's a rental probably
0: bro, but then you're off the money and then but then you, what'd you get for Russ? What'd you get for Russell, <laughs> then? You got nothing. Draft pick. It, would, I mean, it wouldn't even be a clear swap. I mean, he could... I Seattle might want him because Dak Prescott would just... He's like Russell Wilson Light, where he's a company yeah. man. He's like, oh, you know, I'll do whatever he says, and he's about as boring as it gets. Um, you could... They could kind of be about the same thing, and uh, if they don't want him on the money, they could package that number 10 pick, I want to say, and uh, maybe try to move up for a quarterback there, but... You know, if it's yeah. packaged with picks and they don't want to keep them, they could obviously move off the money this year. Uh, but, I mean, it doesn't seem I mean, impossible it could, it could, to me.
1: It kind of could turn into, Bart, uh, like a Kirk Cousins situation where he was with the Redskins and he got franchise tags. Like, he was about to be franchise tagged like a third year in a row and it would have been like a crazy amount of money. So, like, they yeah. just couldn't do it. It might turn into something like that. <clears throat> yeah. That's where it's yeah, going it's, to. Yeah, franchise
3: tagging even like twice in a row is pretty yeah. – is like very logical yeah yeah three times yeah
1: i think the third time dak would be like 50 million or something like <laughs> <laughs> so. so yeah all right that's all i got
0: he all is right. asking for too much mm-hmm. i will agree mm-hmm. on that. all right moving on to the nba lebron james we got a lot of nba mvp hype recently especially with the talking heads at espn <laughs> who have continued to defend his case despite the Lakers' struggle since A D has been injured. Open citing his <clears throat> excuse me, often citing how impressive his stats are for year eighteen. Lucas, I ask you, does LeBron have a legitimate case for MVP this year? And how much does the narrative impact his M V P campaign?
2: So I'll start this with a little bit of a disclaimer, just like Jared did that I'm also a huge LeBron James fan. <laughs> that being said, I don't think he has a great case for MVP this year. And I wide alluded to it in the in the intro that ESPN talking heads, especially like Brian Windhorst and Ramona Shelbourne, have been doing work for LeBron <laughs> uh, in terms of like, he's like just tweeting and like everything, just like defending that he's the one. And like, he's having a pretty good year. The Lakers are currently a top three team in the West. LeBron is doing well, 26-8-8, but... If LeBron putting up twenty six, eight, and eight were all that it took for him to win the MVP, he would be literally the MVP every single year (laughs) of his career. His his career numbers are twenty seven, eight, and seven, which is, you know, one fewer point this year, one more assist. But for all intents and purposes, he's having the same year he does every year. He's doing nothing sort of outside of the ordinary of what he does. So again, it's an average ball the year. He's doing an all-around excellent, but he's not having like the sort of like supernova explosive type season that you would imagine for somebody who's would win the MVP. And he's not really carrying his team either, in the way that guys like Embiid, Dame, Jokic, and even Steph Curry are doing this year uh, for their teams. And LeBron, and you can see this because since AD's been gone, they're only three and five, according like including a four-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. So. I think what it then essentially comes down to is narrative. Like, I've watched three or four ESPN LeBron games this year, and every time there's it like, it's year 18. Can you believe he's doing it like this in yeah. year 18? And like, yeah, it's impressive that he's dominant and he's also old, but the MVP <laughs> isn't for the best, the person who's best compared to the relative talent at their age level. It's for the best basketball player in the league. Um, But despite this, he sits near the top at pretty much every MVP list. It was only in this last week's iteration of the NBA's uh, MVP list that (laughs) Embiid jumped above LeBron into first place. LeBron had been first for the last five or six weeks or something like that. Mm. And I think that's just because he has a narrative on his side. People really want him to cement his legacy. um, And having the media hype sort of build around him with the narrative has helped that. Um, I think this is the case in a lot of MVP years. I think it's at least in large part, about the best story rather than the best player. And while I don't necessarily think that's right, I think it happens pretty frequently, narrative plays a huge role.
4: Yeah.
3: I agree entirely about narrative. Yeah. I always think back to D-Rose winning it over LeBron, like a decade yeah. ago. Um, mm-hmm. That season... Literally, the only reason DeRoz won is because we, people were tired of LeBron. And because DeRoz was like the, the young, exciting up-and-comer who was like a super flashy, a- athletic point guard. He was like, you're just so much more fun to watch than a lot of players in the league. But like, if you look at the numbers, LeBron definitely deserved that one. I Ever since then, I've just thought like, you don't actually win the MVP if you're the MVP. You win it if people want you to win the MVP. It's really that yeah. simple.
4: Yeah, and in this case, I feel like like the the main other candidates are all like, big guys. It's mm. Embiid, it's Jokic, it's, I guess, Giannis still. Um, and, like, they're just less, like, they get less of a narrative. They're less of, like, the exciting, all-around-the-court guys, and I feel like that that hurts them in this case and helps LeBron. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good,
2: good point. point, because there's no clear, direct competition at LeBron's position, yeah. whereas there's yeah. a lot of competition essentially, yeah. like, you know, in the front court, in a way yeah. that, or, in like, you know, with big guys in a way that there isn't. Um, with LeBron's position, so that's an interesting point too that I hadn't considered. Like, you can split your opinion between like, you know, Embiid is good and Jokic is good, yeah, and Giannis are good. But like, when you're like, oh, who's the best, like all around, like ball handler, shooter, yeah. you know, all that, LeBron's where it takes the cake. Yeah,
4: yeah. or Malcolm Brogdon, you know, always. Yeah, or Malcolm yeah. Brogdon. I <laughs> wonder where is he is on the
1: <laughs> the NBA. Yeah, and that's the thing too with Embiid is he has a he has a bigger brand. He's just like more talkative than Jokic as well. So like that's why. I mean, he's having a great season, obviously. And I think, like, if you – right, he is – I mean, I know, like, he's had – I don't know, as far as I know, he's had Simmons for a lot of his games, right? But Simmons, like, isn't AD. He's not, like – he wasn't ranked the second best player in the league, apparently, or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? So he is – Embiid is still doing, like, a pretty big load with the 76ers, right? And if they Mm -hmm. end up with the best record in the East or potentially in the league, you know, it'll be kind of hard, I think. Once, once like that stuff once we get into the seeding and stuff i think the narrative changes to like how well did your team do you know what i mean mm-hmm. that helped Giannis, honest right yeah yeah Definitely.
3: yeah Yeah, but i don't know i think there might be a little bit of a narrative with Embiid and how he's like kind of a throwback to old school big men mm. um like not completely but i do think that will that will benefit him because it's like I think that the, the league would like to see a little bit more of that, and not like all these three point shooters just getting all the love like it has been historically. Mm-hmm. But we're he is not, a three point shooter, shooter. But he's a three point shooter. shooter. <laughs> he's shooting at a high. Yeah, I know, yeah, I, no, know. I know. <laughs> but, but his bread and butter is not that. It's the post game. Yeah, We've yeah, talked yeah. about this. Yeah. yeah. Also, I just wanted to say like Giannis's numbers are basically just as good as they were last year. But I think because of this narrative yeah. thing, people are bored yep. of him now. He's yeah, not getting yes, nearly I as much. I low. totally agree. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. and the Bucks aren't. And the Bucks are still really good too. Like they're, yeah. like I think, a game and a half or two games out of the first place behind the Sixers. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not like there was this huge like drop off in their performance either. It's no. just like purely yeah. the the boredom. You
1: know? Yeah, there's fatigue for sure. <laughs> Voter fatigue. I, I think I, I would say
3: this though. I think you could like I think that if the media does vote for LeBron, it's going to be like uh, he deserves this one for all the ones that he didn't get previously because <laughs> yeah. he could have won like seven. That he didn't. That's like how they would justify it. Yeah, it'll be yeah. like. I mean, it'll be like when
1: uh, DiCaprio won uh, Best Actor yeah, for like, The Revenant, yeah. which was like, you what? know, like he yeah, did a good yeah, job yeah. as a different role, but like they were giving it him for all the other times yeah. they jilted him. Right. He ate raw
3: fish, Brev. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, he did on. go through what a lot, but right, I think, he ate some mm-hmm. raw
3: food that was like gross. I'm
1: pretty
4: yeah. sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: The funny thing about it, they never have to do that stuff. They could just fake it. I know. <laughs> I know. I, know. I don't know, I don't know anyway. if I give money anything extra for that. He's just, yeah, that's just weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, another team that is struggling are the Celtics. They are in a free fall, currently sitting below 500. And at one point in the last week, in the ninth seed, I believe they lost 14 of the last 21. That was the last number that I heard before. They could have played some games. But... Mm. Kemba and Tatum have both disappointed in recent times and the team has failed to string together any consistent wins again uh, lost 14 of 21 Bart do the Celtics current struggles prove that their strategy of retooling rather than acquiring talent through superstars was a bad move
3: um uh I don't know so yes and no I guess is my answer I think so I, I think you have to you have to consider this all in context I would say, like, the main thing I think that needs to be pointed out is that this season, I don't think, is indicative of how good they should actually be this season. The So, like, it, Aiden has mentioned this before, but, um, like, Tatum is only 22, Brown is only 24, even Marcus Smart is o- only, mm-hmm. I say, like, relatively young at 26. Mm-hmm. So... I don't think they're like doing, a, you know, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to just kind of try to commit to your young core, because I think they will continue developing like neither of those two youngest guys have hit their ceilings. And then Mm -hmm. more importantly, this season, Marcus Smart um, has been out for a while. The core of Smart, Brown, Tatum and Walker have only played two games. Two games together this whole season mm-hmm. so i think i know like a lot of talking heads are saying the same thing when marcus smart does eventually come back i think it'll be a lot more indicative of how good the celtics actually are i mean is that like is that finals worthy no but i don't think you can like blame them for trying this way um but the reason i say no as well is because like i do think it's indicative of maybe how useful superstars can be i don't know how much you put how, how much value you put into gordon hayward but they had him last year he missed a lot of time, but they did have him last year, and they were quite a bit better. This year, he's gone, yeah. uh, and it's, it's clear that they took a like you know a bit of a hit. Enes is also gone, but he's not really as significant. Yeah. I think probably they made a mistake with signing Kemba Walker. I do think yeah. they could have signed a good superstar there, but instead, they took a really bad fit with Kemba. He misses a lot of time. He misses shots a lot of the time, <laughs> yeah. and he can't really defend. So he's yeah. just not a great fit alongside Tatum and yeah. Brown, right? So I think that's a mistake, and they could have taken a better superstar there. Um, but yeah, I I think you have to consider it in context. I think the youth will still develop and they'll be fine. But as far as getting a superstars goes, they need to hit more correctly. Um, like Gordon Hayward probably was fine. They could do better, and they could do better than Kemba. But he's under contract for a few more years, so it's kind of a sticky oh, okay. situation there. I think their ceiling though right now like is probably just like a I don't know, three or four seed, maybe five, and they're gonna have to okay. be thinking on Tatum to. Tatum and that S tier, which we've talked about as well. He's not quite there, I don't think, but I think he can get there. And then Brown's a, a, a fine second-best player, I would say. Um, but, yeah, I I guess I don't have a great uh, direct answer.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, here, here's the thing is that – was anybody talking about, what, the 2013-14 Warriors, like when the year they fired Mark Jackson? Like, they weren't talking about them being championship contenders the next mm-hmm. year, right? It could mm-hmm. on, honestly all of a sudden just pop out like that – Tatum makes a huge leap somehow one year, like kind of like Curry did. And like the team just goes off, you know? And yeah, in terms of, does it show that retooling retooling doesn't work? I think absolutely not. I think, I mean, has tanking this, is what I wrote has tanking worked for the Sixers? Like not yet. Yes, they are up there, but we don't, it's too early to tell. We don't know that, it, that it does work. The only thing we do know that works is trading all of your draft picks. And like, you're so, so <laughs> to I get fricking Anthony Davis. Uh, James Harden yeah. or I mean I guess we don't know that but Anthony Davis Kawhi with the Raptors like that's the only thing we know that does work you know what I mean so I don't think it's early enough to say retooling doesn't work and I don't know like if there's really a Kawhi kind of talent that's out there like mm-hmm. I was thinking back I was like was Kawhi kind of considered an S-tier guy back then he was coming yeah, off of two lose. like first team yeah. all-NBAs before yeah. this but but then he got hurt like in that nine game season yeah. so I mean I don't know if there is a guy that's like out there that's Gonna be moved. I guess the quiet thing kind of came out of nowhere, but, um, if I'm the Celtics, I-, I keep like staying the path. To be honest, Brad Stevens is a really good coach too. A lot of people have been saying that because they don't have as much time in between games to practice. Like Brad the- Stevens, like I guess methodical nature doesn't work as well. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how much stock I put into that, but he is a good coach. <clears throat> and uh, a- another thing I heard too that I thought was interesting. I'll just end with. Is like Brad Stevens was like the coach at Butler, right? Where he's getting like three star recruits to like be to be really good. So they were like, maybe Brad Stevens is a he'll get the best out of a Honda, but he doesn't really know how to like perform with a Ferrari kind of guy. Like now he's got the Ferraris and like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and he's like not quite sure how to how to utilize those at the best. And maybe he just needs more. Maybe he just needs more time. I don't know. But if I'm the Celtics, I, think- I keep retooling. I, I don't. I don't, like, tank, obviously, or anything like that.
2: I think yeah. one thing you run the risk of, though, is turning into, like, a Pacers or a Blazers-type team mm-hmm. who are consistently good every year but just don't have, like, the world-beating superstar to, like, make that next leap. And I think, like, Tatum definitely has the potential to do that. We've talked about that before on the show, that Tatum has the potential. But his, like, lack of development this year, I think, has been a little bit concerning. And, again, it's, like, an off year. It's, in mm-hmm. you know, a coronavirus year. And I think Brown has made some big steps this year. But... I think you run the risk if there's not the development you'd expect out of Tatum, which we've seen sort of plateau this year, and if Brown sort of... Because I don't think Brown's ceiling is as high as Tatum's ceiling. Like Even if Brown keeps improving, I don't know if he's the best player on a championship team. I think you run the risk of being a team like the Blazers or the Pacers, like I said, where you're like three, four seed every year, like can eke out a conference finals but can never really... uh, you know, make it all the way because that's what we've seen this, this ceiling of the Celtics to be so far. They made the conference finals but never mm-hmm. gone beyond that with the score. And they're still young and everything. But sort of looking at the retooling versus like just completely like blowing it up and like acquiring talent either by trading or um, through, you know, just tanking generally, I came across a really interesting stat um, in researching this. And that if you look at the end of the five years ago, the end of the 2015 16 season, the four worst teams in the East were from bottom up, Sixers, Nets, Knicks, Bucks. If you look at the top 4 in the East right now, it's almost exactly the same. You swap you swap around the Knicks and the Bucks, but it's Sixers, but Sixers, Nets, Bucks, Knicks. So like we'll talk about the Knicks in a second. I don't know how consistent <laughs> that like that being the fourth best team in the East is, but I think it sort of lends some like credence to the idea that maybe you just have to be bad and acquire assets and then you can mm-hmm. like either trade the assets okay. for for big talent or you acquire it through the draft. And, like, teams took different approaches to that. Like, the Sixers just happened to draft Embiid, who's, like, one of the five best players in the league, and Simmons, who's, like, a very capable number two distributor, like, floor general type guy. Um, The Nats hoarded a lot of assets and got superstars out of it. Like, I think it shows that there is a danger in sort of the complacency of always being the three seed or something like that. And sometimes it just takes you to be, you being horrible and getting assets and working through the draft to be good in the NBA, especially because, um, and we've talked about this before on the show too, that like the, NBR is, the NBA is such a superstar driven league and like one player makes more difference in the NBA than any other sport. So maybe you just have to like go all in on the potential for that. And yeah, I don't know whether I like the idea that like to be, to be good, you have to first be really, really bad and intentionally really bad, but I think that's almost the way you have to do it in the NBA.
1: Um, I want to push back just a little bit on it. I, I agree there is the risk that you kind of turn into the Blazers right now where they're like, they're, they're middling, right? They're not really yeah. championship contenders. But you also can be the 2013-14 the Spurs who beat the freaking stacked Heat or the 14 yeah. – I think the Warriors the next yeah. year, right? 14-15 Warriors. So there's that. Also, like, you brought this up. You acknowledged it. But, like, the Nets – None of it actually really came from their assets. They just had free agents come and like they did a trade, mm-hmm. right? Like I so I guess you can say the trade was the assets, but getting Katie and Kyrie was literally just free agency and we're broken essentially. The yeah, last but, time
3: the Nets used assets is when they traded for like Garnett and Paul yeah. Pierce. That <laughs> yeah. was a terrible yeah, decision. What a time.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. But the, you know, but they did the space though. to sign those guys, you know, cuz they didn't have a bunch of like yeah. big money contracts that they yes. were waste- that they were spreading out across right. a bunch of like B tier superstars. But still
1: the question is, is, has it worked for like has a team in like the last 10 years got there like through tanking? You know what I mean? I, I, I guess you have to like kind of consider I, where how far back do you go to like consider that whether it was tanking or not, but like, yeah, I mean I I'm not it, sure if a team's many, done it
2: yet. That many like categorical like tank right. jobs, you the know, only like, team like, I
3: think of as the Sixers.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's uh, the the Rockets. I think tanked for Akeem like way back in the day, and that that I think is why they have the draft lottery. Like, I could be wrong about that, but I think I think it was a the Knicks, they the draft.
0: Wasn't it? The next for Ewing was the reason why oh, they have the draft lottery, and that didn't didn't work. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, yeah. the draft lottery.
2: Maybe I don't. know. Sorry. It's one of those like big men in the, the '80s yeah, or whatever. I mean,
1: but yeah, so. Right so. so oh no, like, no, no, even, no. Like,
2: I don't know. Yeah, that could be right. Yeah, even Blair think George, about right.
1: LeBron. Right. I don't know if the Cavs tanked her a lot, but they got the best player in the history of the league, potentially, and they didn't win in his first stint, right? <clears throat> so, I don't know. Yeah, but then it's what happened after
2: LeBron left the first time? Then they, like, tanked. They got Kyrie. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean... And then, I... <laughs> and then they got LeBron
2: so back. Cool. Like, I don't
1: know. <laughs> but it's free so. agency, though. That's not tanking. That's free agency, probably, right? Because well, they got know, LeBron they... through free agency. I guess... I don't know. It's a mix. Of, maybe it's a mix of both. Because they did had to trade... Uh, wiggins right to get kevin love is that who they had to trade yep yeah so yeah. i don't know maybe it's a mix of both now that we're yeah. talking through it I, I i would not i i'm more skeptical though of tanking than than blowing up your i would like for me i'll give you freaking my eight next picks if you give me a surefire a guy that already is 100 percent in s tier not eight but like i'll give you a bunch of picks. <laughs> you know what i mean i would rather have a sure thing than like a maybe and like Bart, you've said this before about the NFL draft, and it's even more true for the NBA draft. Like, their lottery tickets. You you just don't know. You scratch and you see what you get. Like, you really just don't know. Especially in the NBA draft, I think.
3: Okay, but I, I do just want to say that, like, it, it, I do think it's very frustrating when teams get it wrong. And I would say this, the Celtics uh, trying to acquire yeah. superstars has kind of been gotten wrong. Like, how they yes. got Kyrie, and then he's just like yeah. man, he was just like, he was a failure, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. then Gordon Hayward, and now Kemba. So, like... Yeah. I would definitely prefer to just try to retool and do it through the draft over no, yeah. struggling that way. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Yeah. I don't
4: feel like the retooling here has been like expertly done, given that Kemba like just keeps regressing. I mean, Kemba's been, he's shooting like 38% from the field this year, something like ridiculous. And he's like 30, I mean, he's not, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be like super far past his prime. So like I feel like it was just a mistake to bet on a guy who can't play defense and like was never a particularly efficient point guard yeah. as their superstar of sorts. That's true. You know?
1: But you have to bet at some point. You have to bet on it. And then if you're right once, yeah. you look like a genius. Like right, yeah. everybody loves. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. The the Raptors GM for getting Kawhi like yeah. oh that was the smartest move <laughs> ever. But yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a ri- it was risky. What's his name? Yeah. Masai Ujiri. Yeah. yeah. But that was risky at the time, right? And like if if Kawhi got hurt again right then everybody yeah. like oh that was such a terrible tra-. you know it's just it's a hindsight it's a 2020 thing yeah. Yeah. yes it hasn't worked out but like you kind of have yeah. you just have to try and then eventually yeah. you get right once so you look like a genius to be yeah. honest
2: yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said Jared about yeah. the 2013 14 spurs not being like like a like a superstar team like i feel like we <laughs> under like but, and we did underrate I say, the what, did what I say was the they a superstar team what well, did i say it was, it was something in the context of like. It was something like that. It, it, was, con- it was comparing you. them to someone else. I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm I'll not going to misquote yeah, I mean, you. It can run. The, but like, I think we, we underrate those teams so much. Tim Duncan is a top 15 player of all time. And I yeah, think but he was good. like 35. Yeah,
3: right? Kawhi was really young. Kawhi, right? He was like yeah. 21 or something. He, yeah. he won the, the finals MVP that year, right? Yeah, yeah. he did. And yeah. then all the other stars, like Big Three, were super old. So I feel like Jared has some merit to what he was saying. Like they weren't in their yeah, prime. None of them were in their primes. They were just a really, really
2: cohesive, good basketball team. Yes. But they had guys who had the upside of being, like, all-time NBA greats, even if, like... Okay, I th- no, I,
1: I remember, I think what I was trying to get at is they didn't, like, they didn't blow up their team to get... Didn't they draft? They drafted Kawhi, am I wrong? Yeah. They didn't, and they that, were, like, was, they never tanked. They, they never blew up their guys. team to yeah. get it, right? So, like, yeah. there there is, there is a possibility. Yeah, that's true, because that. they won with,
2: yeah. like, David Robinson and Tim Duncan in the late 90s, and then just mm-hmm. sort of, like... Yeah retooled was, their way by acquiring the other guys also so, it yeah. was the
4: 2013 2014 spurs correct mm-hmm. their okay, their I high see. yeah their highest scorer was tony parker at 16 points a game wow that's, that's crazy. <laughs> <that's> crazy.
1: <laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> yeah if you so, saw like, that yeah, today but, in today's yeah, nba yeah. you'd be shocked yeah 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 mm-hmm.
2: I just sometimes uh, this is off track, and we'll you know we can refocus. But I was looking at just like the f- the scores for like the the two thousand three four NBA Finals the <laughs> other day with where that the Pistons won. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the the amount of times they broke a hundred was like like there were more games where a team scored in the seventies than a team scored in the hundreds, <laughs> which is insane to yeah, me. I just mean, like
3: they were like arguably the best defense of all time, right? So I yeah, think that's, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah.
0: yeah. <clears throat>
4: Anyway,
0: well, the official standing for the Celtics right now is that they are fifth at at five hundred seventeen and seventeen, below the Knicks. That's, yeah, uh, they're 18th. actually
4: eighteen and seventeen. They just won the Celtics just beat the Clippers. Okay, so they're on the
0: rise. Oh wow. <laughs> well, the Knicks are also eighteen and seventeen at oh, five hundred right. right. fourteen, yep. but they I think they still sit um, fourth in the standings. So they're pretty good this year, Aiden. Yeah. Have the Knicks finally oh. turned the corner into basketball legitimacy?
4: I don't know if I'd go that far yet, uh, but they're really not bad, which is kind of shocking. I mean, they're like, with, with Tommy T, you know, you expect that, you know, kind of, that, that great defense. <laughs> yeah. Um, second ranked defense in the, in the NBA. We've seen Julius Randle kind of take a leap this year. I mean, he's been like low-key legit for kind of a while now, but um, he's averaging 23 a game, 40% from three. He's an all-star. Um, RJ Barrett doesn't look terrible, which is <laughs> which is fun. Um, I, I have been historically down on RJ Barrett, yeah. Um, so he's he's kind of making me <laughs> shut up a bit. Was, um, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I just distinctly remember it, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, his he's making his free throws now. Last year he's shooting sixty percent from the line. This year he's up to seventy five, I think. So like wow. b- big progress from from RJ um emmanuel quickly great draft pick way better than ob toppin uh, who is obviously way more hyped and who i was also on the bandwagon for um but um he's been a great pick and the derrick rose acquisition has worked out surprisingly well um both quickly and barrett have been much better shooters with uh d rose on the floor rj is shooting over 50 percent from three since uh since derrick rose was acquired so that was, that was all they needed was, was D Rose uh pumped into the Knicks veins. Um, but with that said, um, give it they're the four seed right, but they're also I think just like a game or two out of being the tenth seed, and they've also had the twenty eighth hardest hardest strength of schedule, um in the NBA they've won only four of their only four of their eighteen wins are against teams that are over five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a stretch at the moment to call them a contender. Um, but they can clearly beat middle of the pack team. So I, I think they, like, at the moment, it seems like they, they're in a good position to, you know, run for a seven or eight seed, or maybe even a six seed in a really bad East. Um, But, yeah.
1: Here's the thing, though, I want to point out about the Knicks. We talk about mm-hmm. them all the time, right, because they're New York, but the mm-hmm. bar, like, historically for the franchise is low, isn't it? They haven't won a championship since 73. So so like, I don't know, We it's we kind of talk about, like, the Knicks need to be like the freaking Packers and in the NFL or the Lakers, but they're they're not. Like they're historically, they just yeah. haven't been up there. That's one yeah. thing I wanted to just throw in there to yeah, defend a little New York. A little You'd bit. think
4: that the way that they're talked about that they were a historically yeah. great team. No, I totally exactly. agree. <laughs> Arguably the worst team in the Northeast historically.
2: Yeah. Good <laughs> <laughs> Could say. That. Hurts. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I don't know. It's it's kind of fun. Wait, so Aiden, I, this was a question I had because I didn't have. Uh, was able to research it. What has happened to Obi
4: Top in this year?
2: Like has he just been He's like, averaging like middling? 4
4: points a game. He's not oh. playing that much, but he hasn't been particularly great when he is playing. So maybe maybe he just needs time to develop. RJ's um, going to take him Also from... Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like he I feel like he wasn't particularly known for his defense was he? And I feel like that's no. something that tips could be I don't know, kind of um, could keep someone on the bench for um but but yeah, he hasn't He hasn't looked, I mean, he was what, like a top five pick, correct? Or top six or seven? Um, He was a lottery. He was eighth. Yeah, eighth, eighth, yeah. yeah. Um, And it's, yeah, he doesn't, he's not looked particularly promising. But, hey, we got a rookie who is promising, and that's that's what matters.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: I was listening to something the other day about how, like, a bunch of the Kentucky rookies, or at least two of them, have looked, like, really good, but were really undervalued because of, like, because of the pandemic last year and because Kentucky wasn't, like, its normal self last year in college <laughs> basketball. Um, a lot of those guys got overlooked. But, like, Emmanuel Quickly has been good. Tyrese Maxey for the Sixers has been good. Both mm. of those guys were, like, late first-round picks um, yeah. who just sort of slid under the radar and have been really outperforming. So, yeah. I don't know. It's definitely – yeah. It's, it's, it's a – yeah, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, it, it was
4: just – supports, yeah, Jared's hypothesis <laughs> that it's a loter that, like, the NBA – Draft is you're buying a lottery ticket, but anyway,
2: Lucas, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's what I sent I was gonna make the same point as well.
3: This so, is yeah. super oh. off topic, just really briefly. I want to take this moment to acknowledge that I was wrong about LaMelo Ball. Speaking of getting Same. Yeah. that's what <laughs> it I, I was, was so waiting for a him. moment. We, too, have, yeah. we have the quotes, I know. I and I know. he's been I know. excellent. I know. But yes, he's Emmanuel so quickly, good. Okay, I was looking at numbers and I was surprised to see that quickly he's only averaging like 12 points a game because, like, just the other yeah. night, he put up like 25. And he was the first Knicks rookie since like Mark Jackson in the 80s to get 25 without missing a free throw or something like that. So yeah, he's, he's, he's like, he's their second highest in PER, which yeah. I know we love. Yeah,
4: he's hit 94 of his first 100 free throws, which yes, is not that's, that's, not that's like a, a huge stat, but that's, 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 that's crazy. pretty wild. That's amazing. Yeah, that is, it was wild. That's the most anybody ever
3: yeah. made in their first 100, um, right?
4: But yeah, no, I think, it was, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah,
3: but, I'm, I'm high on him. And I also wanted to say that I'm surprised that despite Tibbs' Being the coach, their highest minutes count is Julius Randle at 36, which is great. You have to keep your young guys healthy and not overused, which I would have been worried about with Tibbs, because he does have a track record of doing that. (laughs) Yes, he does. Good Good for them. Hopefully that continues, and he doesn't start saying, like, near the playoffs, we need to play you more and more, or something like that.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but on your topic, Bart, I look forward to our full segment where... Um, we can have long apologies about our Lamella ball takes. Why it was right, why it was right. But anyway, uh, yeah. but
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, Is the human highlight reel? He's great. Yeah.
3: <laughs> as always, thank you for listening. And as always, please engage with us on social media. You know the drill. TikTok. Twitter, Instagram, not Facebook as I recently learned. Um yeah, let us know what you liked and what you didn't like. Uh and please uh find us next week at um oh my god. At yeah, thought Sports. Sports. No, I'm going to give it a third try. <laughs> no. Okay. No, we we or you to keep all the cuts cuts in in here. It's kind of <laughs> funny, no. All right, well, that's fine. All you
1: you can do a third try if you want. If I like it better, I'll keep it.
3: As always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.
1: What? <laughs> I think I'm just going to keep that entire exchange in, actually. I think that's crazy, it? The second and third. I trick. agree.